Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Maddie Kale is a singer-songwriter from the Gold Coast who has released powerful country rock tracks including Better Than I Am, Look At You Now and Good Girl Gone Bad. Her latest single is Giddy Up and we're going to talk about that and a few other things. Hi, Maddie. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Thank you. Your song's in my head. I've been tapping my toes and bopping along. Um, but I have to say, Giddy Up is not about a horse. Um, but no. it is about, it's about geeing up someone who's dragging their heels about a relationship and then the story takes a turn. So I'm wondering what the inspiration is for this song. So I actually um, wrote Giddy Up right after a, quite a hard breakup. So you can see the emotions that I go through in the beginning is I just, I, I'm just, I really still want to be with them. So it's kind of denial. So that's the denial part through the um, verses. And then I actually, funnily enough, I used to finish the story when I first wrote it really angry. Like, so the last chorus used to finish, you wouldn't have liked it. It was just, I was so much anger coming through, but I I stopped about a year later and I sang it again and I was mm-hmm. over the breakup. We were gone. It was like I'd gotten over it and I'd acceptance. So that's why that last chorus turns into more of a, oh, my God, I'm good now. Like, you go, let's move on. So you, you can kind of feel the emotions if you would have heard it. The first one was anger. But yeah. it, I thought it was really cool, especially I've got to reflect on this song a lot lately. And the more I reflect on it, the more I'm like, wow, it really was a bit of a journey and it was a really good song for me to get over a hard breakup. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping someone is going through something like that and they go, oh, okay. Yeah. But also, I guess, from what you've just described, you know, it shows the power of songwriting as a way of dealing with your own personal story and help helping you move past it. Because one could argue that if you hadn't written the song, maybe you wouldn't have been able to move past it the way you had. Yeah. No, that's so true. I do. I put a lot of, if you listen to my songs, they're very me and my story. So, um, yeah, Giddy Up was probably, the, it was actually, so I was never going to write, um, record it either. So. Yeah. I'm glad I showed my producer and he's like, oh, you need to do this one. I was like, okay. And then he, they just worked their magic, Michael and Caleb Flanders, and I'm so glad I did because I listened to it. I'm like, wow, that was a really tough time in my life. Mm-hmm. And so the lyrics in it also, if you listen, so my pop was a big punter. So all of my life, my childhood, growing up around a punter. So, you know, always got the horses out, whatnot. So if you can hear the, the, the metaphor is the betting on a horse, which is mm-hmm. the, the guy, but you can hear all those betting terminologies throughout the song, which I thought at the time was pretty cool. <laughs> and I don't think many people understand it if you're not into the, like, betting mm-hmm. kind of, like, um, vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good because it gives it a couple of levels of meaning. So people who do know the vocabulary can understand that. And then for, you know, c- civilians like me, it's just a, it's just a great story. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting you said you weren't going to record it. Was that because you just felt like it was just for you in order to help you work out some stuff? Um. Well, I've never planned on recording music. Oh. I just love music. Yeah, I just, I just never thought really it would be something that I would be interested in. I don't know, not interested in, I just never thought, you know, you could say, oh, I'm going to put a song out. Like I, it's never crossed my mind. And then my cousin, Clara Durbage, who's a professional singer as well, she heard my song say, Maddie, you need to go to my producer. So I went to Michael when he was in Australia and um, 
he listened to three or four of my songs and we go, he goes, they're all fantastic. We're recording them all. And here I am, like, oh, are they that good? Like, but then, so then the more I was like kind of in that mindset of, okay, well, I've got something here, the more I kind of have been running with songwriting and, yeah, and I think that's how it started. And now I'm so passionate about writing songs and getting them out there and just having feedback from people is like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. I love it so much. Like, so, yeah. But Giddy Up was probably one that I just, yeah, I just didn't really think that people would resonate with. But the more I sing it and see people writing to me about it, the more I'm like, oh, it really is a beautiful song. Yeah, I yeah. think because it, is, it does have that more philosophical ending now. It's 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 there's so much about it that's just letting go and accepting that yeah, the ride's over. You know, it's, yeah, it, it was, could have been a good ride, could have been a bad ride, but it's over. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. So the fact that you said you had these songs to send to Michael, obviously you had been songwriting for a while. So, for, and it sounds like it was for your own purposes for your own amusement whatever it was but when did you start songwriting initially um so funnily enough my first song that I ever wrote I was probably like seven and it was for my grandparents um answering machine I still remember it but I don't know if you want to but it was just a quirky little fun lyric that I put together I have a brother and a sister and my brother and I used to sit there and write songs about and pick on my sister and that was a funny thing so we used to write songs about my sister and she didn't like that but and then when I, yeah, so I suppose it's all come from a bit of humour. But And then I moved, when I got older, I've just really just loved getting embedded in telling the story through song, song, song. So it wasn't probably until I'd say five years ago that I've really, I always used to write songs and go, oh, that's a bit corny. Oh, no, no, no. But now I'm like, no, that's cool. So I think I've kind of found my niche with writing. Mm-hmm. And someone said to me once, and I don't know if this is a thing for other people, but I was writing better than I am. And the first verse I thought was pretty clever. And he said, don't ever write a song if the second verse isn't going to one-up the first verse. Mm-hmm. So when you hear my songs, you'll always find that I try to up the second one to make it a bit more catchy and kind of keep you listening. And I thought that that was such a good songwriting tip. And this is from like someone who doesn't do songwriting, just obsessed with Eminem. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I've been, yeah, I've been really trying to take that on board. I've actually got one song coming out in June called, um, no, June, July-ish, just before the Gimpy Muster called Drink With Me. And the second verse is like, I love it. So I think I've kind of taken that on board and going with that, yeah. It's a bit of pressure though, right? Like because you might write a, a first verse and you're thinking yes and then the pressure is on. Yeah. So, so do you, therefore, when because, you, because you've set yourself that goal, do you spend quite a bit of time editing your own work to refine it to get to that point? Yeah. Like someone said also like if you get, get a song, get it out as fast as you can or else you'll forget it. And I was like, oh, I kind of ponder on songs for a good mm-hmm. few months before they're ready to go. I'll stop change, stop change, and I'll just do it all in my phones in my notes, and then eventually I'll go, oh, you know, so, and then it will just click. Yeah. So it's interesting because I've talked to a lot of songwriters, and and some of them do have the stories about songs coming out quickly, but they're usually the rare songs. Yeah. So like they just say, oh, that song came out really quickly. All my other songs take quite a long time. So I do think it's you know someone else might have given you that advice of get it out quickly, but I really it really appears to be a rare occurrence and it's more likely to have the collection of 
notes here, voice memos there, put things together in your own time. Yeah, and you know you know when something doesn't, like you, I know in a song if I'm like, oh, it fits but it doesn't fit. Do you know what I mean? So I always try and come up with more and more things. And since I've been teaching, which is the last few years, it's funny I teach poetry, which poetry and songwriting very similar hand in hand, like yeah. lots of the stuff. So I'm teaching grade three poetry going, oh, oh, I could use this in my songwriting and just little things like that. So there's all these tools online that you can use for poetry and I've been kind of just kind of tapping into them sometimes if I can't find the right word. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I did know that you're a primary school teacher and I actually wondered whether having to communicate so clearly to young people was good training as a songwriter as well because obviously you, you know talking to kids is, is different to talking to adults you've got to make your intention clear you have to structure your language in a certain way so part, apart from the poetry tools you've come across in teaching has act, active teaching itself helped you yeah definitely and especially um because I think a lot of stuff when you're singing songs it has to have the meaning and it kind of has to resonate with people and kind of get through to them so in saying that, when I'm singing to my kids, like I'm kind of checking if they get it. But it is also making things very clear and concise for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. So I, I know it was actually funny. Someone had a question the other day, like, do you use lots of um, hidden messages? But maybe, maybe you're right. As a teacher, I'm very straightforward. Mm-hmm. So my songs, if you listen to them, there's not many hidden messages. Mm-hmm. I'm a very like you know what the song's about kind of thing so that's probably a good reflection now thinking it's probably because I'm a teacher <laughs> yeah but it's also in the end of the day it is all about communication right like you want to communicate to the kids you also want to communicate to your audience if you make things too hidden the message is not getting across to either one of those groups of people yeah. uh, and if it's in your nature as well to be upfront, then you wouldn't want to hide what you're meaning uh, and as you said you use some some Right, punting terminology in giddy up, but that's just that's the language. It's not obscuring the meaning. Yeah, and that's yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, that's so funny that it's so funny reflecting on everything really. But also, you say you sing to the kids. That's nice for them. They get they get some their teacher performing. So I teach. I've, got, I've taken a step back from teaching this year. I'm only teaching four days, but I teach every single grade, and I'm doing HASS, which is geography and history. So I think you call it Hissy down south. Um, but it's so funny because I teach the prep, right? So all the mums come up to me in the morning when I have them on a Thursday, and they're like, "Oh, so you're the music teacher?" And I'm like, "Pardon?" And they're like, "You're Miss Thornton. You're the music teacher, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Oh no, sorry, I teach your kids house." <laughs> so I, so I think because I sing a morning song every, like with my lower kids, like music really is the key to their heart like and they know it they know once they sit in once they're all being a bit wild I just get the guitar out and they all calm and sit on the mat so it's such a it's probably the best teaching tool that I use but yeah so I just thought it was hilarious and so I saw them the next day hi everyone just so you know I am the house teacher (laughs) (laughs) I may use music for other means but (laughs) now is this the same guitar that appears in your videos because I noticed you have had the same guitar in your videos of quite a blonde wood looking yeah my Cole Clark that's my baby there's no way that baby goes to school (laughs) no so I've actually got um I've got a guitar that I leave at school also 
because then I can let the kids have a go of it and stuff. So, but it just stays there permanently, and then I take my cold clock everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. I can understand why the cold clock stays at home, um, not rather than at school. So, just going back to the idea of you having written these songs, thinking they wouldn't be recorded, and then what, and handing them over to producers who were, you know, wanting to put them out into the world. Once they started to be released, did you feel exposed? Like, oh, I had these secret things, and now they're out well, there. My first one's bad girl gone good. So I don't know. I kind of felt like as a teacher, <laughs> like, what are these parents going to think of me? Like, but And then I'll say to the kids, I'm like, oh, you know, they go, is that song bad girl gone good? That's about you. And I was like, no, no, I wrote that song. That's good. I'm like, oh, they know. <laughs> but, like, I wasn't bad. I was just a bit wild growing up. So right. I think I think it's like any, anyone, you have kids or you get a big job that you've kind of got to tame down and, you know, and so that's pretty much what that song was about. But, yeah, so it is funny that I wasn't really, ex- well, not exposed, but I was more probably um, kind of cautious about, I've got to be very cautious about what I release. Yeah, so I can't be up there doing any Nicki Minaj songs or anything. <laughs> but, yeah, so I am I am no, very cautious. Of, yeah. The Drink With Me one coming out is pretty cool, but even, yeah, then so I've got to just, yeah, I've got two very like I'm teaching and I'm singing, so I've got to be like all these kids look up to, up to me. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But look, country music is a family friendly genre. Generally speaking, there are a lot of kids at gigs always when you go to Tamworth. Kids everywhere, so it's yeah. just good preparation for any show you may do. I think. Yeah, and I do have the, like I don't know what it is, but the kids are always drawn to me, like as a singer and as a teacher. They. I bring ukuleles to all my gigs. So if you go on my Instagram, you'll see the kids all sitting there playing and then they'll go home and tell their mum they want to be singers. And I just, I want to inspire kids to be the best they can ever be. And so I think I'm in a kind of good spot to be doing both at the Mm. moment. Yeah. Well, given that you're bringing music into the start of their day, that is a lovely thing. And I remember being at school and if we had a teacher who played music, yes, everyone would be calm and transfixed. So I think it's something really fundamental. Um, but your songs are in the country rock genre, we could say. Is that a genre that you like listening to as you were growing up or that, that you listen to now? Yeah, so I've always loved um, Gretchen Wilson songs. <laughs> so so I think, um, yeah, so those, and I, I'm a big fan of Shania Twain, so mm-hmm. listening to those kind of upbeat songs. But I was also... Um, I'm also a big like Offspring fan, which is a rock band, mm-hmm. and I love my country. So I don't know if that's kind of where the rock has come into it. Like, I don't know. It's just funny because that's probably my big three, and mm-hmm. I love the Zach Zach Brown band. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's Offspring and Zach Brown band mixed together, but I also love those big songs. So mm-hmm. yeah, and your voice is really powerful as well. So and it's it's. It has a great tone to it, but I was listening to it thinking it's the sort of power that comes typically from singing in front of instruments where you know you've got to hold your ground. So I'm wondering how much how much work you've done with bands or how much singing you've done in front of bands rather. Bands? I, I've only literally, it's funny you say that, I've just come back from band practice. That's my first ever band practice. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I've, I've always done duets, so with two guitars and myself, but I'm moving into the, I, I need to move into the band side of stuff. But I've always just been loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was in the choir in, in primary school. I think I was in grade two. 
and they had to put me at the back with the grade sixes because I was just so I was always on key, but I was so loud. So mm. I think I was just, and I've got to talk to kids loud all day. So, so that's probably where I'm like getting over the. Yeah, because they can be loud. <laughs> well, maybe it was just your destiny, Maddie, to be yeah. you know, a powerful <laughs> singer. You've had the voice for this. Just you know, your your fate was tapping you on the shoulder. Or something. <laughs> so, when did you start? So, obviously, you were in school choirs. When did you start thinking, "Oh, I could do this performing thing. This works for me." It was quite hard for me because I was quite big when I was growing up. So, I got to about one hundred and thirty kilos by the time I was twenty-one. And I didn't want, I never sang in front of anyone or like I was just too many, um, I suppose, problems. Like I just couldn't think, like it just was too much for me. And I lost all the way, I lost 60 kilos. And then I started performing in front of people and they're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Why aren't you performing? So then I got my first gig and then from there it just went one to another to another and my confidence grew. But I still used to get really nervous. And it wasn't until COVID hit that I said, oh, my God, I can't perform. Oh, my God, I can't lose my voice before gigs because I'm so nervous because I used to get so nervous I'd lose my voice. And then I had my first gig after COVID and it was like a whole different person. I was so excited. I was not nervous. Everything changed from there. From there is when I really started recording and getting myself out there a lot more. So there's so many things that come into play when I look back and reflect on this stuff too. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think that having that enforced time away from performing uh, helped you come to a decision, really, that it was something that you really loved to do? Or did you just miss it so much that by the time it came back, you thought, oh, I don't have time to be nervous now. I'm just going to throw myself into it. Yeah, I think it was more that I was just so like, oh, my God, it's taken away from me. Okay. And now I can't do it. And I was like, and I wanted to do it even more. So then that first gig back, I was like, yes, here we go. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was more that I couldn't do it, that I wanted to do it even more. Yeah. So you said you've been performing in a duo. Um, So do you play regularly around the Gold Coast? Yeah, so we'll play nearly every weekend um, around the Gold Coast. We do up at Eagle Heights and a few of the pubs around town. But, yeah, my next step is to have a band. So we just did practice there because I'm going to apply for Groundwater, which is our local festival. I was actually grew up in Broadbeach, so... It's pretty, it's like that's kind of my heart there. And, yeah, so hopefully we'll get onto that, but it sounded pretty good. I might put a little sneaky thing on later on my Instagram. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, okay. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for that. Um, now, speaking of the social media, I have noticed that you have a TikTok account and um, you seem to be a natural at it. So I'm wondering if you actually really enjoy social media or if it's something that you've had to come to terms with and just get good at making those TikToks? Oh, I don't know. I think I, I think I do secretly love it, <laughs> but I know, I think time wise, like being teacher nearly full time. And then the social media side of music as an artist is it's so consuming. So I've kind of been given the kick to go, come on, do a bit more. So I've, but then I've been getting into it and I've actually spoke to the kids at school because they're really good at stuff like that. And I was like, oh, maybe we should do like a lunchtime, like digital thing and you can just make my reels for me. <laughs> but um, I thought that would be great. But, yeah, no, I do. I do enjoy it. And it but it is time consuming. But I think being creative, I think all the musicians, musicians are creative. I think we've got that little hidden thing where we know kind of what we see at the end product before we've done it. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of where I 
feel like I look ahead before I'm finished my TikToks. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing because I'm suddenly envisaging a little primary school reels factory. So <laughs> these little kids sitting there like, editing video for you. <laughs> they're so they are so good at it. They're the ones I'll say to them, "How do you do this?" And they'll show me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. "Why not do a little um, extracurricular activity, guys?" <laughs> or maybe they could just teach a workshop. It sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so. Um, so you said you've got another single planned. Have you got some more songs in the can that you're planning to release throughout the year or is it now a, a writing phase, a band phase, performance phase? So I, before, because my, my producers moved back to America last year, so I, I did a kind of bulk of recording. So I've got two more sitting there ready to go. One of them's Drink With Me. One of them's um, a song I wrote for my grandparents, which is a beautiful song. They were married for 70 years, so it was a 70th wedding anniversary song. So that's another one, but that won't be till later. But I've just recently started writing a song about my dogs. And I know it sounds funny, but everyone I've played it to loves it. So the ball's rolling with that one being recorded with my producers in America. And, yeah, so I'm really, my next step is band festivals. The songs are sitting there and I just write all the time. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Do you tend to have a, a process for writing, as in do you handwrite, do you record voice memos, how do you do it? All right, I'll tell you how I did Giddy Up because this one was actually quite bizarre. So for Giddy Up I got a message from a local pub about my um, can you sing on Melbourne Cup Day. So right. it was 2 in the morning, I woke up, must have had to go get a drink or something, and I was half asleep and I was so excited because this was my first big gig. Anyway, so I, I read it and then I this song came to my head so I had this melody so I sang that into my phone and then I wrote down the lyrics went back to bed totally forgot about it wow so I wrote the verse and the chorus of giddy up and then two days later I said to my friend oh my god I'm pretty sure I wrote a song yesterday got my phone out it was sung into the phone and the lyrics were there just for the verse and chorus but once I get that I can I seems to fall into place but yeah that was how I wrote that one Better than I am, I was at the um I was out for lunch dinner one day and my friend goes, Maddie, I can't be better than I am. And I was like, that is a great hook. I'm gonna write a song. So I put that down, went home, wrote better than I am. And that was a quick, pretty quick song, actually. I think because it was so quirky and very mm-hmm. straightforward. But yeah, so that's how that one came along. Other than that, I'll just pick up my guitar and however I'm feeling usually kind of resonates through what I'm playing or singing at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you actually start playing guitar? My mum bought me my first guitar for my 16th birthday. Okay. Yeah, so I was pretty, I still got it, but don't play that one anymore. But, yeah, so that was when I first started playing. And I have I think I've had two guitar lessons my whole life, but I am just got um, in touch with someone because that's I need to, I would like to get better at that. Mm-hmm. So I've started doing more lessons now to kind of just better my skills. Right. Yeah. So you've got a fair bit going on. <laughs> yeah. Guitar lessons, band practice, writing songs, releasing songs. You're applying for festivals. Do you have any uh, other festivals that you're looking ahead to that you're booked for or you're hoping to be booked for? Um, I might have just got on Gimpy Mustard. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. So that Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm waiting to hear confirmed from that, but I'm pretty sure if you're there, you'll see me there. Um, I really want Groundwater. That's my big goal. Groundwater and Gimpy, they were like I, they were. I do a goal chart at the beginning of the year. I think it's cool to do set goals. You know, mm-hmm. being the tech I am, <laughs> but I think I've got so much going on. It's like to, it's nice to visually see it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also 
headlining the Mudra Show this year, which is my local um, mm-hmm. sound festival, which is cool. And I'll be at Tamworth. So with, as being a teacher, I kind of need to kind of set which ones I do and don't do, but those were my main goals this year. And then next year I might um, venture out a bit more. Fantastic. Well, you have the songs for it and you're <laughs> getting the band for it. And Maddie, yeah. it's been such a treat to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Sophie. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.